Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. We have another guest from the GoBundance event that I was at. A few weeks ago here in Miami, I had mentioned I was at the GoBundance event put together by On Air Brands with my man, Eric Cabral's company. And I got to interview some amazing, amazing, successful dudes. GoBundance Conference is kind of a, you know, a mastermind with very, very successful businessmen. And I got to go in and sit and interview seven of them. So like I had mentioned, we're spreading these out over the next few weeks and yeah it was this was one of the uh, one of my favorite ones so today's guest his name is Dr. Brett Levine I hope I pronounced his name right he is an ear and nose and throat surgeon doing it since 1995 and the CEO of Beach Cities ENTS outside of Los Angeles California He's thrived through 27 years of successful ear, nose, and throat surgery practices with over 135,000 patient visits and still enjoys helping patients feel better and live better. So we got into a really great conversation and, you know, it's interesting because I didn't know any of these guys when I interviewed them and I didn't really know what to expect. And this was a conversation that I really, really enjoyed. And it was a lot different than I thought. And those are the conversations that I love. And Brett is a great guy. We talked after for a little while and I think you guys will really like him. Lots of really great experience and lots of value. You know, he's um, committed to personal growth and yeah, really inspirational dude. So all his information is there to check out. If you guys aren't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do so wherever you listen to this, Spotify, Apple, CastBox, all those places. And if you get value from this, please share this with somebody you feel needs it or leave us a review on Apple. It's greatly appreciated. And this episode is brought to you by On Air Brands and GoBundance, where this was recorded at the event. and. Grateful for my man, Eric Cabral from On Air Brands for making these interviews happen over that mastermind weekend. So, all right, without further ado, here we go. Brett Levine coming right up. Brett, welcome to University of Adversity, my man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> me too. We're having a good chat beforehand, get to know you a little bit. Icebreaker, I, I like that because, yeah. you know, I, yeah, man, it's interesting, the people that we get to meet and I get to have these conversations with. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into your story and learn more about you, man. So, you know, for the first time for people that are just learning about you, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your journey. And then, okay. Yeah, we'll take it from there. Okay. Uh, I grew up in Philadelphia and in the middle of high school, my parents decided to move to Florida down here and I went to Florida, went to Boca Raton High School for high school and then I graduated and wanted to leave the humidity and went out to USC for college and med school and then did my training in ear, nose and throat surgery 
at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. That's my professional journey. At the end of training, I did a fellowship in facial plastic surgery in Beverly Hills oh, wow. and then set out to look for a practice that I wanted to join. And for the first time, or maybe if we count the move in high school as my first adversity, my second challenge was finding a job that just fit with me and what I needed and wanted. And I couldn't find it, actually. And it was a probably one of the biggest crises in my life. And I ended up leaving my dream of living in Southern California and looking around in Vegas, Texas, Florida, Washington, D.C., and taking a job in New Jersey and worked there for about a year and a half in a practice with a guy who was really busy. So it was a great opportunity. He was a nice guy. We got along great, but I just didn't want to live there. I really, my heart was somewhere else. And about a year and a half in, one of my friends, a year older than me, dropped dead in his office and his brother, who was his partner, tried to resuscitate him and he died. And he had a one-year-old son. I knew his wife who was an ER nurse and it just sort of slapped me. And I just realized I didn't, I was living a life I didn't want to live and living in a place I didn't want to be. And I started just looking for other opportunities and just took anything I could get and took a job in Southern California and left and restarted again, but the job wasn't a really good job. It was actually a really difficult time. The guy had no extra patients and I really had, didn't have much to do and spent a year, a year and a half trying to market myself and grow a practice, but I was guaranteed a salary and that's what I had needed at the time. And that was a very struggling time as well. These were dark years and I started doing some writing at the time and taking classes at UCLA and wondering what after my 18-year investment I was going to do if I left medicine. And I went to my sister's wedding, which happened to be here in Florida, for a three-day weekend and came back and found a letter on my desk saying I was terminated and that this, the situation wasn't working out and to please vacate the premises immediately. This isn't something most doctors think about or experience. And for the first time, I packed up all of my certificates, my diplomas, my books, in my little Celica and drove home and had no plan for my life. Mm. And that is a big contrast from someone who from 17 or 16 or 15 had a plan of college, med school, residency, and being a doctor. And uh, at that time, I was just in a daze, sort of like when you have a near accident or something happen in your life. And I was forced really to uh, start my own practice, which I never would have done or been comfortable with with the person who I was at the time. And I joined somebody in the community who had extra space and just started growing really from zero, from nothing, to a private practice. And over 10 years, grew a practice, had multiple offices and then closed offices and eventually built the group that I'm in today. And now I'm in a group of four surgeons looking for more doctors in Southern California, I'm an ear, nose and throat surgeon. And that brings me to where I am professionally. I'm since married, three kids that are teenagers, and started a new venture recently. Well, actually, over the past 10 years, I've had different challenges, more adversity in medicine. Medicine is a tough gig these days. And besides all of the barriers to entry through your training, the trend in medicine is to try to control cost by decreasing the reimbursement to doctors, actually, primarily as everything else is going up. So there's sort of this big squeeze for people in private practice as you're getting paid less and all your expenses are going up. 
And uh, I was working harder and harder and seeing more and more patients and didn't see an end in sight of how this would solve. And that is sort of what pushed me to join different mastermind groups and step out of the treadmill I was running on getting nowhere and discover other parts of me and just other ways to think and other ways to live. You don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know a lot. And I've come to learn so many things that have made my life better and allowed me to expand who I am besides just being an ear, nose, and throat surgeon and husband and father. What are some of those things? What are some things that stand out for you that, yes. that really have helped you expand outward instead of, because you had mentioned before, you're kind of tunnel vision for many years. Yes. What are some of those things that have allowed you to kind of open up your heart and open up your awareness? Yeah, there are so many. One is that I don't have to live life alone and on my own mm. and that I can benefit from other people and work with other people and benefit from a team, a network, and a tribe. That is, that is a blow-your-mind kind of concept in medicine because in medicine, you are valued for being able to do it on your own and alone because you never know when you're going to be alone and have to do something. So in medicine, that works well, but in life, that can be very, very isolating and limiting. So that was very powerful. I don't have to be perfect. I may strive to be perfect in medicine when I'm taking care of patients or operating, but outside of medicine, I can make a mistake and learn from it and move on. And it's not a life and death decision and everything isn't life and death and right or wrong outside of medicine. So that would be another thing. This platform that I started called Breaking Out of the Medical Mindset is me sharing stories, questions, and quotes that really stopped me in my tracks and made me think differently to resuscitate where I had gotten stuck and help me. And the course has 30 of these. The pause I had was I have so many of these things. I had to think about where I wanted to start and share. But yeah, there, there, there's many of these things that I, if I want change, I have to be different from the way I did things in the past. Mm -hmm. Even if they help me succeed in certain places. And there are certain things in medicine that help you succeed. But if you keep operating that way, whether it's being 100% perfectionistic, whether it's doing everything yourself alone and on your own, these concepts force you to be stuck. They, they stop you in your tracks. And so a lot of those things have really helped me tremendously. The fact that I am more than just a doctor, and that's okay. And patients can see me and know that I'm a father, that I play tennis, that I like doing public speaking, and that just allows them to connect to me as a whole human being You're a human, and yeah. not just see me as this person who is coming here to solve my problem. Yeah, I was just, what was coming to me when you were saying that is I just, it's hard for me to imagine the level of perfectionism that goes through your mind when you're dealing with these kind of surgeries and how precise you have to be and how stressful it has to be at times. So it's like, of course, you're going to bring that into every other aspect of your life. Yes. And, and then you have these unrealistic expectations of your entire world wow. and sadly of the people around you, your employees, other doctors, your children, and it can be just unrealistic and impossible almost. And this journey for me has been about some level of self-compassion and loving yourself and caring for yourself and 
and I've also found that the happier I, I used to start out and I was very serious and focused on what your problem is and I'm going to help you solve your problem. But I found that patients want, trust you more when they connect with you more and they hear about you more and they can trust you more and even have a little fun with you. And those were things that I had to grow out of. This is another strategy that I am more than a doctor. We are not just what we do, right? A lot right. of us walk around and the first question you ask is, what do you do? That's going to immediately put you in a box. I have a really interesting story. A friend of mine took, wanted to take an acting class and she was sort of shy and nervous about it. And this was when I was single and didn't have kids. So I said, sure, I'll take it with you. And I, I went into the acting class and I had written some screenplays. I had written a book and I didn't want to tell people I'm a doctor because that has such a strong image in people's minds, good or bad, that they can't see you as anything else. So I went into the class and I told everyone I'm a writer and this is, I live in LA. So everybody's a writer, written screen, wants to be an actor, you know, yeah. do their own movie. And we did the acting class and I think some of the intense things I was probably really good at and some things I just failed miserably, but it was just a fun class and a, an interesting experience. The, the interesting part of the story is that at the end of the class, six weeks down, we like had a party. And at that time I did the big reveal and said, you know, besides being a writer, I am a doctor. And no one believed me Wow! because they all had in their mind of who I was and how they had gotten to know me. And I had to pull out my business cards to show them that I was a doctor because I wasn't who they thought we were. Oh, I was so cool. And, and what it taught me is, you know, be careful and don't be limited by who you think people are, even yourself. Right. Yeah. Because we think of ourselves as I am this person because this is what I've done in the past or this is what I've accomplished up to now. But that is just the beginning. That is yesterday. That is not today. That doesn't have to be tomorrow. We choose, right? Yeah. We choose if we stay in that box and if we're happy with that box or if we want to explore and see who we can be. And that is something I've learned and I've learned it with excitement. So when I have discomfort of expanding who I can be, I consider that discomfort an exciting discomfort of possibility, not a scarcity, fear-based discomfort of you know, I'm going to take a risk and fail. Such a great point because so many people get stuck in these identities. Absolutely. And then they do the things that align with that identity. But to make a change, you just have to decide. You just have to be conscious. And to and do the things that align with that new identity. Yes. I call it the future me. Yeah. So I, I, when, I when I'm stuck at a fork in the road or at a conflict, I don't ask myself, what can I do? Or what, what, what am I prepared for? And what am I ready for? I ask myself, what would I want? What would the future me do? The person that I want to be do. Mm. And then I do it. Cause then if I do it, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. I got a question for you about like surgeon. It's, it's, this is just like a personal question. <laughs> sure, sure. Like how do you deal with the stress of such an intense, important, like, like, so, like how do you, how do you so so, keep yourself calm? Like, well, I, I think it's a lot of the medical mindset is being controlled and being prepared. So it's not stressful for me to operate. If anything, really? most of the time it is a peaceful meditative experience because a, I'm totally focused on what I'm doing. I don't have my phone. No one's asking me any questions. I am, I'm as meditatively present as I can be. 
just sort of like I am now with you. Okay. That's number one. Number two, most of what I've done, I do all the time now for almost 30 years. So it's like getting in your car even and not even paying attention to where you drive. I mean, I know how to do a tonsillectomy. I know how to do a septoplasty. I know how to do a sinus surgery. You are, you're focused and present. And really the most stressful times are when things are out of your control, whether a patient didn't do something you asked them to do or didn't remember, or didn't hear, and it alters how good it could have been, or whether, you know, someone's anatomy or isn't exactly as you expected it to be, and you have to know different options. And that's just no different than you having different people to interview that throw out different things or different personalities or different energies and vibrations, maybe that trigger you a little bit and how you react or don't. Mm -hmm. You know, it's experience, but really a surgery and working with your hands to heal somebody rapidly so that they have a change literally in hours as opposed to months or years or decades is incredibly gratifying. So I, I usually, with most of the things I do, even the things that are stressful, I try to focus on my gratitude and the outcome as opposed to my fear, which usually doesn't happen anyway. Mm. Must be fulfilling as well. Yes. It's, it's medicine is... Like it's incredibly so, fulfilling. It's fascinating to yes. me because you're helping somebody through something so, so, so massive. Yes. And on the other side of that. It seems massive from the outside, but when you do something over and over yeah. again, the, the weight of it decreases. I think most doctors who do the same thing for years and decades almost forget the gravity of it yeah. or the seriousness of it or, the, or even the, the blessing of it. Because you become numb to things that are the same after a while, no matter what it is, whether, no matter what your job is after a while, it loses its freshness. I think that's why I have a need to grow, change and expand all of the time and to be better at what I'm doing, whether it's in my practice, whether it's growing, you know, our office or whether it's doing other ventures like real estate or breaking out of the medical mindset. Is there anything that you have overcome that you feel has had a real impact on shaping who you are today? Like, can you think of a moment that you overcame that you remember as being like a defining moment that you always comes back and you're like, man, I'm glad I'm like that thing really. Well, I, I mean, I shared some yeah. of them. Uh, being terminated from a job yeah. and then creating a practice that I never felt I was comfortable with changed my life and changed who I am. Yeah. I would never be employed again. Right. Whereas I, I had the need to be employed for the safety of someone else being responsible for my income. Uh, so that changed me forever. Yeah. Mo moving in high school yeah. where I had grown up with all the same kids, school bus on the same block, you know, everything was safe and easy and having to start over in high school, that changed me. I never would have been able to go to college in California, not knowing anyone in California, had I not moved in high school. It okay. changed me. Yeah. Many of these pivots really changed me. I, I had grown two medical offices and in my first mastermind group, and I was literally working myself to death. You know, I had three kids. I was going to one office, eating lunch in the car, going to another office. So I get paged, heading back to the other office. And my first mastermind group made me realize I needed to close an office that I had built and invested in just to narrow my focus and take care of me. Mm -hmm. That was a huge 
a huge risk, a huge choice, but choosing me over money, over work, over even things I had built and invested in. So I, th I would say that was another uh, huge pivot. Me putting myself out there with all of my stories of challenges and failures and crises, which is what breaking out of the medical mindset is, that, that sharing of vulnerability is not something doctors do. No. But I'm sort of at a place where I don't feel, I find it, I find that sharing to be expansive and exciting rather than worrisome and fearful and contracting, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, ton, tons of sense. So when you need to get ready for a very important day and mm -hmm. you need to be on it, like you got to be to the highest level, highest vibration, what does that look like? What does your routine look like? Like how do you get ready for your day? So I, I, so number one, sleep is very important to me. How many I hours? Go, how many hours? I go to sleep when I'm tired. So typically I would say that's 10 to six, eight hours. But there are days that if I've just had some intense surgeries, some really difficult patients, I will come home, have dinner, and go to bed at eight o'clock. I'll just tell my wife I'm done. Do you unwind after a surgery? Like that's just no, I mean, my I, head around it. I don't unwind after, I, it's not as stressful as- Yeah, I guess say. I'm just like- <laughs> I mean, if it is very stressful, maybe. I mean, I, there are nights where at the end of my day, I play tennis. So if I've had a really difficult day or difficult patients or been yelled at or what have you, you know, I will get on the tennis court and be just present there. And even though I'm exhausted, I will sweat for an hour and a half and feel cleansed and sort of get back. I, I try to focus with my, all my kids and my wife and my family at home. So I will, I come home and unless I'm on call, I plug my phone in. I'm done. So when I come home, six o'clock, my phone's plugged in. Sometimes we'll hear it ringing or texting. I'll have to run and go get it, but I'm not walking around with it so that I can focus on the drama of three teenagers oh, or yeah. whatever my kids have gone through or my <laughs> wife's day or things like that. So I do that. I certainly don't, I, I really don't drink much alcohol and I eat pretty healthy. So I would say I, I start every day the same way. I get up, I stretch. I get prepared for my day. I usually see my kids downstairs. I, I, I'm not really, a, I try to drink because of Miracle Morning and Hal Elrod. I try to drink a glass of water to start my day. That's really all I do. I grab a protein shake that I'll take in, in an hour or two or between surgeries. And then I'm usually at the office by, I'm usually out the door by 6.30 and at the office by 7. I do paperwork or I operate till 11 or 12, have lunch see patients one to five, maybe play tennis, maybe have a meeting. I've, I run some mastermind groups, so maybe we'll have a meeting at my house and then hang out with the family, watch an hour of Netflix or something and get some sleep. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty consistent with playing tennis three times a week. We have a very good social life and a very good community of friends and people in our lives. You know, my wife and I, probably go out on one or two dates a week and just try to enjoy every day. Because one, one blessing that I get from medicine is I see 20 people every day that remind me of how mortal we all are and mm -hmm. any day can be our last day. They remind me of how grateful I should be for being healthy or for having a great marriage or healthy kids. And you know, they show me the alternatives. Uh, mm -hmm. I just see people in all different aspects of life in a very 
honest, vulnerable, authentic space like this, which I love. Mm. I couldn't really do it in a salesy space of trying to sell you a car or something like that. Right. So that is something I appreciate and still enjoy to this day. What advice would you give your younger self or even anybody that's struggling right now? Wow. You know, if, if somebody's going through some hard times, even if it was your younger self or was So if if I was advising my younger self in today's time, I would say, you don't know what you don't know Mm. and open your arms to all that you can learn and look at people who are living lives that you want to live and learn from them. I mean, the, the opportunities now are so limitless compared to just 10 years ago, as far as books, podcasts, blogs, courses, YouTube videos, there's so much to learn. And there's so much available. And uh, I, would, I would see what you can learn. And wherever you are, doesn't have to be where you will be and where you stay. And the more, when you know better, you do better. Mm. So the things that I've learned is that as much as I succeeded through my past and in my life, uh, there was always more to learn. And as much as I thought I knew, I could always be better and learn and grow and expand and get out of my own. Mm. So that's what breaking out of the medical mindset is all about. It's all of these things that, pivotal moments that really changed my life. Sometimes it's a question that someone asks you that just stops you in your tracks. When I joined GoBundance, one of the founders, I expected him to ask me, do you want to invest in real estate? Do you want to have more horizontal income? Do you want to have your own plane? But he said to me, do you want to work this hard for the rest of your life? And it just shocked me because I never realized how hard I work. And I still work hard. I just work harder now on things that feed my soul and fuel me. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different than just working hard for the sake of working hard. So that was like one of those questions that stopped me in my tracks. But there's been so many stories that I share and so many lessons I've learned that have changed who I am today from just 10 years ago and who I will be. 10 years from now. It's exciting. Mm, It's beautiful. Every day we wake up as a gift and we all have this possibility to just give the most we can give and to experience the most and to just maximize this gift called life. Have you had that level of gratitude awareness just recent? Is that just something recent or have you always had that in in a way? Because that seems to be the pinnacle moment for people when they realize that life just opens up this moment of like appreciation and gratitude. I, I think the more challenges I had, the more I came to realize that at every moment I have a choice of what I focus on and whether I want to feel sorry for myself and be in fear or whether I want to look for what I can appreciate and see where I grow. Mm-hmm. So I make a choice. It's, a, it's definitely intentional and conscious now, but I had to learn that. I learned that from Tony Robbins, from Oprah Winfrey, from untethered soul from just all the different books that are out there and all the courses. Yeah. I mean, we're always learning. I I believe, and I have learned from the 20 people I see every day, you can learn something from everybody. Mm -hmm. There's someone has something to teach you. It may not be a mathematical equation or a definition or a business strategy, but sometimes it is just a different perspective to look at something and see it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And that's so valuable, but you have to be open to hearing what other people have to say mm. and uh, to wanting to take action and to put yourself out there a little bit. 
Well put, man. Yeah. Everybody's a teacher. Yes. Everybody's a teacher and everybody's a student. Homeless person, like that humble, open heart, like from the untethered soul, just like being open. And it's so true. Yeah. So true. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Where can everybody learn more about you? Where can we send them and put them in the show notes? Uh, Our website is www.boommindset.com. That's B-O-O-M-M-I-N-D-S-E-T.com. And you can sign up. The weekly letter is free. And the course is there too. And you can check out the outline. But it talks about a lot of the topics I'm discussing here today. Dude, this was awesome. Brett, thank you so much, man. So nice to meet you. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Make sure to check out Brett. Hope you guys got value from that as much as I did. Great conversation. And uh, let us know what you think. Always love to hear your feedback. Tag us in a story on social media. Or if you guys can, leave us a review on Apple. It's greatly appreciated. And as always, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. And um, yeah, I love you. Have a great day.